fighting for freedom every day. You as the individual, you have the power. You don't have to join a union. You go in as an entry-level position. You get the experience that you need. And then as you work up, you get better at your job, which means they pay you more. If they don't pay you more, then you go to another company to show what you've learned and what your value is to where you can get more. If they really don't like that, then you can go and start your own damn business because we have a free market laissez-faire capitalist society allegedly, to where you can actually go off and do your own thing. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, you finally made it to the end of the week. Holy cow. It's been a crazy one, but you are there, which means we are officially just over one week away from Christmas time. Have you been doing the countdown? Do you have the little paper things? Remember the paper circles? You make you do the teardown, the countdown each each day for the little ones. Yeah, our little Voice of Reason, she doesn't have that, but she's excited because she gets her piece of chocolate for her advent calendar every night so that keeps her on track with the countdown for christmas also we do the elf on the shelf thing kind of she has one and he gets into trouble every night where she wakes up and he's gotten into something which you know makes her have to do chores and clean the house a little bit <laughs> because he gets into something he got into the fridge and broke an egg one time he sits on the uh you know, the ceiling fan and gets into her clothes and strews the clothes about the room, you know, to make her clean the room. Just got to think. Work smart, not hard. Welcome into the show. Got a lot to get to today as we wrap up the week for another one here. Broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country, radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting, however you watch or listen to the show. Welcome aboard. We love you to death. Your millennial general reporting for duty like we do every single day. Coming up, bottom of the hour, we have Congressman Bob Latta from the 5th District of Ohio. We recorded this a day or so ago. So the debate is changing a little bit when it comes to the budget stuff. We're going to get to that in just a second. But we did get the update from Washington, D.C., what the agenda is for the Republicans going into 2023. The conversation about Kevin McCarthy and the Speaker of the House debate that's still ongoing and what the transition may look like for Republicans in the House. And will we actually stand up for a legitimate uh, you know, a legitimate agenda for the Republicans or just cower to the Democrats, which seems like we're already on a really good start to do. So we'll get to that. We have some fun conversation with Elon Musk as he's been banning some of the journalists off of the Tweety, which is hilarious. You know, they can get a taste of their own medicine when they ban Trump and all the conservatives and Republicans. So we'll touch on that if we have some time later on in the show. But I am sensing a bit of urgency from Washington, D.C. and the Democrats right now as they are about to lose the House. So they're trying to ram through as much as they possibly can they had the january 6th committee that is now trying to uh talk to the department of justice on a prosecution of at least three separate charges against donald trump don't know if that's going to happen now you got to remember who's head of the department of justice right now which would be the attorney general that is a democrat that does not like donald trump so there could be a potential opportunity for that on the other hand some of the other uh legal minds may disagree and may shut it down we'll see what happens on those charges and what those charges actually look like moving forward but they're trying to ram it through because the the, the committee's being gone it poof it's going away like it never happened these aren't the joy joe looking for they're the uh the committee that will never exist again because of the absurdity that we've seen throughout this entire panel and the last stand in the last the last uh, little couple minutes of the limelight that Liz Cheney and other Republicans and other Democrats are going to get to enjoy while they think they're going after the guy that they hate oh so much. Which you would think that you would hate other people more so in the country. And I don't like to use the word hate anyways because you shouldn't hate anybody. I despise the policies of, of, of Joe Biden. I despise the policies of Barack, uh, Barack Obama. 
I even despise the policies of many of what George W. Bush and even Donald Trump did to some degree. I don't hate anybody. You should not be hating anybody at all, ever. But... Uh, if you are going to, then you should really focus it in on people who really honestly deserve it. Like, I don't know, evil, crazy, horrible people like Hitler, for example, even though there are some apparently that have made the media the last few weeks about saying how much they love Hitler and all the great things that Hitler was doing, like Kanye West and Nick Fuentes, some crazy radical talk show host that thinks that, you know, that uh, apparently that's a good mindset to be in, which then, of course, led down to Donald Trump again while they're doing the January 6th investigation and while he announces his presidency and run for presidency again. Then they're like, hey, look, he's having a sit down with Nick Fuentes and with Kanye West, who just love Hitler. Because that's what they said during a radio interview. Donald Trump has come out, by the way, and said, which you're not going to hear in the mainstream media, this is kind of important, I would think would be an important conversation to have. If the media is going to relate Donald Trump to these individuals, maybe they should report what he actually says about these individuals, right? I mean, you would think, you would think. What's trending today? So Donald Trump did have a conversation. I believe this was on Breitbart News where he did an interview where he had talked about the meeting and the sit-down that he did a few weeks ago with Kanye West and Nick Fuentes and said, quote, very importantly, I didn't know Fuentes and I never heard of him. Kanye, I knew Kanye. I got Oh, that's right. I got to do it in the, in the Donald Trump voice. Kanye was very nice to me and very respectful to me. Kanye went on Tucker Carlson and Trump was the greatest guy in the world. I'm, I'm the only one that he mentioned. So Kanye called me and needed some help and advice and I agreed to it. He brought a group of people along. One of those was this one, meaning Fuentes. How I knew... How was I to know what Kanye's views of the world are? I didn't do a study on Kanye. I didn't do a study as to what he thinks of a certain race or certain religion or anyone else. I think it was a very good meeting from the standpoint of we discussed a lot of issues. But this wasn't even discussed. This was not the subject or red flag subject. Then, only I heard a day or two after that he had some very negative anti-Semitic remarks. But he didn't say anything negative at all about anything in terms of anti-Semitic during that dinner. The dinner was a quick dinner. The dinner went very quickly, and it was a very quick... <laughs> this is... <laughs> I can't do it. This is... Uh, where was I? Uh, the dinner went very quickly, and then went off, and then I found out who the other one was. And there were no other people... Uh, there were other people there, too. One was a real estate person, and one person in politics who everybody knew and well-known and respected. The fake news media made a big deal over something, and they shouldn't have done that. I mean, he's right. We need to bring back... Do we still have the clip? I don't know that I still had the clip on me. Right now, of what Donald Trump really meant to say, it was a very elongated, like usual, very elongated response to what should have been, hey, I shouldn't have to do any background research on someone if I sit down to meet with them. I don't know what his views are. He liked me. He wanted to meet with me. That's cool. Didn't know who this other Yahoo was. Come to find out they're nuts, and I don't like them. And apparently he has disowned Nick Fuentes from being associated with him in any way, shape, or form, according to Breitbart. Now, again, with the mainstream media that relates Donald Trump to Nick Fuentes or to Kanye West because they know as they know that Donald Trump is a racist and is a fascist and is a Nazi and is probably as bad as Hitler, that you would think they would correct and be like, wow, this is his official response. Believe him or don't believe him. This is what he said about the situation after what was brought up to his attention. And that's all I have to say about that. It's ridiculous. It's not. It's ridiculous, but not unexpected, right? We're not expecting the mainstream media to actually be relevant and actually be journalistic and actually be transparent about these issues. We think that's the way it should be, but they're not. So thanks to Breitbart for actually clearing that up and having uh, the former president comment on that issue. Outside of that, um, did you get his baseball cards yet? 
Did you get his new digital cards from the Donald Trump website for his <laughs> campaign? Did you get that for Christmas as the stocking stuffer? Because that was the big announcement that we saw from Trump uh, just yesterday. He did comment on some other issues that he wants to do, which is smart. At the same time, man, I'm still worried. If you are a Trump supporter, I am still concerned about him because he announced so early that they'll continue to attack him. And for him to try and win over and maintain the base, he's going to have to continuously come out with ideas and his platform and his agenda, which just opens up the possibility for criticism, which is why politicians don't usually give a platform on the campaign trail, because it just opens up the door for uh, critics to criticize them on whether that policy is good or not. And you could even disrupt and anger your base when you come out with that platform as well. So he's got a long road ahead of him. And again, we're not going to focus on him every single day, but we are going to keep you updated on what's going on because if you are a Trump supporter, then I, I got to admit, you're going to have a long road ahead. And I am staying objective as I can going into the primaries for the presidential race because I'm sure there will be some wonderful candidates and we'll break down what our thoughts are as those go along. The big issue of today, though, and I want to get into our What's Trending story of the day. What's trending today is, of course, today being the deadline for the federal budget to be passed. And if we don't pass it, then the government will shut down and all hell will break loose and the demons will rise from the center of the earth and people will die in the streets without the federal budget. So where are we with the federal budget that is yet to be passed from the federal government? Well, apparently they have passed or at least they are going to pass by the day today. According to Fox News, that they have been working on the continuing resolution extending the omnibus bill for one more week because they're not quite done with the bill itself yet. Imagine, if you will, as a job, if you have a job, let's say you have an office job for a second, and the boss says, hey, I need this in a month. It's a big project, a big presentation. I need you to do the presentation for a, in a month. Can you do this? Here's what the project is. Okay, yeah, you know what? That's my job. That's what you pay me to do. This is what I need to be done. The project needs to be done in a month. Month goes by, and they're like, all right, do you have it ready? No, no, actually, I don't. I need a six-month extension on this. You had one job. That's your, like your one purpose. The House of Representatives with the power of the purse, that's your one duty. Congress, which is to pass a federal budget to make sure that you can continue to do what you do. You had one job, man, and you took a month to do it, and now you want a six-month extension. The six-month extension happened. Now you need another week. So that way you don't even do your job. You just continue on with what you were doing before. This is what the federal government's up to now. We, The end of the federal budget ended the end of September, beginning of October, was when the fiscal year of 2023 officially started for the federal government. We did the omnibus continuing resolution that went from October 1st to today, the 16th of December, and now they're saying we need one more week to finalize it because we don't have it all done. It is, by the way, consuming near $1.6 trillion in this omnibus package. And I say omnibus package because it is not an actual federal budget that has the 12 appropriations bills about every department on who's getting what. It's just a lump sum. This is how much money that gets in their general funds, and then we'll figure out how to disperse it from there later on is kind of how these things work. They can't figure out how much to do and where to go with the $1.6 trillion. So we're extending it another week then we'll try to decide, or we may do another one until the beginning of next year. As the tough talk from Mitch McConnell, the Senate Minority Leader, the Republican that won overwhelmingly to lead the Republicans again in the Senate because he's such an awesome conservative that stands his grounds and doesn't waver in the wind like 
Oh, wait a second. I'm sorry. Like, I was going to use Mitch McConnell as the example, but ha, he's kind of the one that we use here because that's the guy that he is. Here's what he said. Quote, this needs to be finished no later than the evening on the 22nd, and we intend to be on the road going home on the 23rd. If we can't meet that deadline, we'd be happy to pass a short-term continuing resolution into early next year. Dude, we already passed a four-month continuing resolution. We had to pass it for another week Get your damn job done. How difficult can this be? Yes, it's a lot of money. It shouldn't be that much money. I'm sure we could cut that in half and still be fine to function as a federal government. Obviously, that's not going to happen. That's a bit of a dreamland. But the tough talk for Mitch McConnell, we need to be finished no later than the 22nd. We have our Christmas celebrations with our families by the 23rd. So if it's not done by then, we're not going to just pass willy-nilly whatever. We're going to extend another continuing resolution into the next year. Democrats are all upset about that because they want it all done as well. Do it before Christmas, according to Dick Durbin from Illinois. Let's get this job done this year. Everybody cramming in as much as they can with their panic of the Democrats losing their majority in the House of Representatives by the middle of January and then not being able to pass what they want to, at least as easily as what they were. They're still going to be able to because... Republicans may cower quite a bit, but at least they can they have to work a little bit harder at it and just bully the Republicans into doing it instead of ramming it through. Uh, so they've extended it for another few days until the 22nd, which is what the Wednesday, Thursday next week. And then we can see what that one point six trillion dollars looks like. I know one part of it is an eight percent increase on military funding. That's really just to win over Republicans to support the other monstrosities that are included in this bill that we won't know about until we actually pass it to see what's in it. Lots more coming up here on The Voice of Reason for a Friday. Stay right here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Bring some reason into your day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. 24 minutes past the hour. Radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting. Did you hear the biggest news of the day today? I guess it took me actually a little bit to find the news about the continuing resolution and the budget. We'll get back to in a second here. But you actually had to do a little bit deeper dive. That wasn't the headlines on the mainstream media sites on Fox News or even CNN or MSNBC or ABC or or even Drudge Report. Like, they weren't even talking about it. You had to do a little bit deeper dive to find any information about it. So, apparently, people don't care about what the budget's looking like like right now. I think that's only the most important thing that we have going, but it really shows the priorities of the mainstream media where they care more about the headline of the tweet from Brittany Griner saying that she will be playing in the WNBA uh, this year to thank her fans and all of the support and is giving back to the country. Look, if you want to get back to the country, then how about you not play the WNBA? I'm just throwing that, throwing that out. Oh, yeah, and by the way, here's my thoughts on why we're covering Brittany Griner and the WNBA. You want to know? Want to really know my thoughts on that one? Oh, yeah. We don't care anymore. What, what, what was that again? Hold on. We don't care anymore. I didn't quite hear you. Say that again, please. We don't Oh, that's right. Hold on a second. We don't care anymore. <laughs> Welcome back into the show. So I have a theory on this January 6th thing. Uh, the it's Not the January 6th, but the budget. As we look at the continuing resolution into next week and we potentially pass an omnibus bill or we do another extension into the new year, if we're going to do that, here's my 
plan or here's my option or idea for the Republicans, if you actually have a brain and want to do something decent, is go ahead and do an extension for one month. One month. If we're going to pass this monstrosity of a bill, one month. Get it until after we take control of the House of Representatives. Then, if we, again, this is all theoretical and it would not happen, but this is theoretical and would make me feel way better if we're going to actually move forward with a budget with the Republicans doing something. You pass it for one month. That way we take control of the House of Representatives. We have the Republican majority. Then Republicans, get on the roll here. Get your plan together. And when that one month is over and the continuing resolution ends again, then you have a Republican version of a budget that's presented ready to go and say, look, this is what the budget will look like for the omnibus for the rest of the year. We're going to cut here. We're going to cut here. We're going to cut this $1.6 trillion down by about 30%. We're gonna, it's going to do this, and this is where we're going to cut. This is our plan. This is our bill. And now as House representatives, which constitutionally is the power of the purse, the ones that actually handle the finances for the, for the country, then you sit there and you stay firm. And while the Democrats lose their minds over cuts here and cuts there, and I mean actual cuts, not just slowing down of the growth of, but actual cuts. Then you stand firm and say, um, okay, let's get prepared for the government to shut down because we are not wavering. This is our final offer. No more will you bully us. Will you? Will we cower to you? Will we be intimidated by you? And will we uh, just cower to your threats of how people are going to die in the streets? We say this is the Republican budget. This is the House of Representatives. If you're willing to work with us, let's work with us and actually compromise, which means you have to give up a lot of what you want. Welcome to the party, pal. And then let's settle in and hunker down and watch the government shut down. And you can imagine how much money we'd be saving if the government actually shut down. So I would be okay with that. Again, just like we did yesterday. Dear Santa, I have a new letter for you. Let the Republicans grow a spine and a pair of cuevos, and then we can move forward with a strong Republican Party and strong Republican leadership into 2023 that will bleed into 2024's presidential election. Wouldn't that be nice? I'm a little concerned about that, though, because Mitch McConnell didn't like those ideas as he says that, well, you know, it's, we're just going to have to toss our hands up in the air because we're still going to have to deal with the Democrats in the Senate, still going to have to deal with the president being Democrat. There's not a whole lot that we can do. We're just going to have to accept that and go with the flow here. So he's already announced publicly that he's willing to give it up and just realize that he has no power and that he can look like he's fighting against things while still allowing them to happen. Come on, Kevin McCarthy. You got this, man. Or whoever becomes Speaker of the House. Hopefully not Kevin McCarthy. But if you do, which it sounds more than likely it is, then come on, man. Stand strong. Let's do this, baby. 2023 is going to be our year. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. When Reason Meets Radio, you're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into The Voice of Reason. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Always a pleasure to have this next guest on the program as we do every single month. And it's hard to believe now that we're wrapping up the year 2022 already. It's been a couple years where we do this uh, each and every month. Our update from Washington, D.C., from the 5th Congressional District of the great state of Ohio. Excited to have back on the program with us here, Congressman Bob Latta. Congressman, how are you, my friend? I'm great. Thanks very much. Yeah, always good to talk with you. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to you. Absolutely. Uh, it is frustrating because we're getting into the holidays, and we just want to check out, Congressman. We don't want to pay attention to these 
hard issues. We just want to enjoy the time with the family and the friends and get our holiday shopping done. But you guys are going into a major battle before the end of the week here, possibly in the next night or two nights, uh, with this continuing resolution. We don't have a federal budget. We didn't do our 12 appropriation bills. We're just going to pass a massive omnibus bill, and like Nancy Pelosi says, we need to pass it to see what's in it. What's the latest conversation with this right now? Well, you're absolutely correct. Uh, You know, the House uh, and Congress have failed once again to the American people. No budget, no appropriation bills. End of the year, so what do they want to do? uh, We've been living off a continuing resolution, first of all, which is absolutely horrible for our military because a continuing resolution just continues things on. And we know with inflation and everything else out there that, uh, you know, we're falling farther and farther behind the communist Chinese, all those that want to do us harm in the world. And so we've got to make sure that, uh, you know, our our, uh, uh, warriors out there have the equipment they need. But what the Democrats are now wanting to do is to pass another short-term continuing resolution for one week than to get uh, to what they call an an omnibus, which is a catch-all at the end of the year which when I say a catch-all, it'll be weeks before everybody finds out what's in that thing after it gets passed. And so uh, we're looking at probably, I've seen some top-line numbers now, this thing costing about $1.7 trillion. And uh, again, they have, people have to remember that last year, the Democrats on their own passed the $1.9 trillion quote-unquote COVID relief package, where the president took $34 billion to bail out a, uh, the a pension fund that, uh, again, the American taxpayers are paying for. And there's no talk of looking at uh, trying to do any extensions on some of these uh, tax relief that Republicans got through back when we had control of the House uh, in the 115th Congress. But uh, we're just looking at um, more, more, more taxes, more spending, and uh, more going to the debt. And the deficit uh, this past month was just about $260 billion. Yeah, yeah, unbelievable. And what it sounds like is that they're a bit desperate because they realize losing the majority in the House of Representatives that they're not going to be able to pass as much of the spending and projects that they want to. So doing a one-week continuing resolution and then doing an omnibus bill, I wasn't aware they were trying to split this up and give themselves more time to pack more stuff into a massive bill. I thought this was going to be it until the October end of the fiscal year for next year. But they want to cram more into this before they actually pass the official yearly budget, it sounds like. Well, there was, there was some, there's also some talk of doing a, uh, a short-term, or either not what you might call a shorter-term type of a CR, into early next year. Uh, but, uh, you know, that, that didn't go anywhere, uh, just so the Republicans could have more say as to what would happen in it. And the other was there was talk about doing, a, as you said, a one, just a, a one-year CR to get to the other end. But that would be that been a disaster. Yeah. But uh, what we're looking at is a massive disaster with this omnibus coming. It is unbelievable. Now, what's uh, as you mentioned? I mean, we're gonna it's gonna take forever to find out what's included in this. But uh, what else are they trying to cram in? We are so past this, you know, military defense spending act uh, as well for the military that had a lot of non-military spending in that one. What do you think they're trying to include in this one? That's on top of what we're already spending. Well, and see, that's the problem. Uh, you, uh, as these things go through, there's a lot of uh, things that are slipped in through amendments that uh, a lot of people might have seen, or in a or they'll do a massive bill text that uh, might slip something in that you just you know uh, don't see it and don't realize it. Because one of the things about um, the way they do law changes around here is that you don't rewrite an entire section; you just have 
like maybe a section number and some words that go with it. So it's just like you don't see it. Like in the state of Ohio, if you change a comma in a in a uh, piece of uh, of the Ohio Revised Code, you have to rewrite the entire thing to show what it is, not uh-huh. down here. So we, you know, this is why it, it's going to take some time to figure this thing out. What's what's in there? But uh, I think people are going to find out that wait a minute, we're, we're paying for this or we're spending for that. And uh, but uh, you know, there's also talk of the uh, uh, I think I forget my year right. It was the 1887 on that presidential uh, uh, electors uh, that was put in law way back when of uh, of uh, removing that is uh, there's talk that's going to be in this thing. So that's how you would consider part of a spending bill. Yeah, unbelievable. Now that we are taking control of the House representatives, do you think, are we optimistic that the fact that the House really has the power of the purse, that by next year at the end of our budget cycle that we could actually get almost back on track to have a legitimate budget again? Well, and again, you know, people need to hold our feet to the fire because, number one, we have to have a budget. And again, you can't, you know, it's just like anything else. How do you operate if you don't have a blueprint? Yeah. And so that uh, then what's supposed to happen is we have a budget. Then to all the authorizing committees, they we come up with what we're supposed to uh, have for spending, and that goes to the appropriations committee then. So you have a three-step process. But what we're seeing right now is bills being written in the uh, speaker's office. You see bills being you know negotiated in the majority leader's office over in the Senate. And uh, you don't see how it's supposed to be done. And the other thing is, is that uh, you know this stuff's supposed to originate in the House, and all of us through the years we see more and more of this stuff being done over in the Senate when they strip things out of uh, uh, House bills and they put different things in them. So we've got to make sure that uh, we get back to what we call regular order and to have the hearings. And then when you have a hearing, you can actually have people come in and testify as to what you really need and what you don't need. Yeah. But this idea of just saying that, you know, this is, this is how you, what a, a cut in Washington is. Uh, you know, if you get, let's just say, uh, $100 uh, this year, next year, you know, the president's budget says, well, we're, we'll want to give you $120, and Congress gives you $110. They call that a cut. Mm-hmm. But you actually got $10 more. Right. But it's crazy. And so, uh, you know, the American taxpayers don't live that way. No, no, it's a completely different mindset compared to what we're seeing in the private sector compared to what's going on in government. Last question on economic issues before we kind of transition a little bit. But inflation is, uh, we talked a little bit about inflation hitting just over 7% for the last month, and the deficit continues to widen right now. At the same time, we're seeing record tax receipts coming into the government because of the high inflation and people spending more money out there just trying to go into their holiday shopping. Uh, but the, according to the Biden administration, the economy's plateaued. We've been able to level off inflation. We've been able to lower it a little bit. But So we should all be happy and just spend a whole lot of money when we're still having to deal with 7% plus inflation across the nation. This sounds like insanity to me. Well, it is insanity because, again, I, I wouldn't crow about 7.1% inflation, especially when he came in and it was about 1.4%. And so, again, this is caused from massive government spending, not paying for what you're, you're spending. And then at the same time, people have got to realize that, uh, uh, you know, I, I get our gas bill in the mail, or not in the mail, but by email. And uh, as soon as I got the email saying what the bill was, then I get another email from the gas company explaining why, why, it, went, why it went up. Well, it's very simple. Price of uh, fuel 
is skyrocketing. And so, you know, the, the, we're going to have a harder probably winter in a lot of parts of the country, so people are going to pay a lot more for their fuel costs. And I'm not sure, you know, um, when we, we and you and I talked the last time, but I talked to people that, you know, have uh, the budget plan for their natural gas, and they were paying uh, like about 100 bucks a month, and they get their new budget plan, it's $175 a month. Mm. So, uh, you know, Americans are going to find out that it's going to cost more to heat their homes. And at the same time, go check out the price of food at the grocery store. It's not going down. Uh, you know, when you look at the price of diesel, it's still just a little under 5 bucks a gallon. So everything that's getting transported has to be paid for. Yeah, that is very true. Well, and I mean, they're not even trying to hide it. I mean, the Biden administration's come out openly and said, yeah, your energy bill is going to go up near 30 percent for the wintertime for natural gas and for electricity. So just be prepared for it, which I got to ask you. I mean, you focus a lot of the the energy in Washington, D.C. right now. How are gas prices dropping and when could we potentially see that bubble burst and come back up as we refuse to do domestic drilling here to become energy independent? We're relying on OPEC and OPEC plus for our energy and for our barrels of oil. And then at the same time, they talk about cutting their production of near 2 million barrels a day because they're not going to be drilling as much. We still have the sanctions on Russia. How are gas prices going down right now when there's less production and we're still groveling with international companies trying to get oil? Well, it's uh, pretty simple. Less usage. People aren't out there driving that much. And so uh, there's less demand for the, the product right now. But once the need for the product goes up, that means, well, guess what? The price goes up. So, you know, we're, we might be in the short-term uh, downswing right now, which is great for Americans. Think about holiday travel and things like that. But, uh, again, they're going to find out that uh, we're not, we, as you're absolutely correct, we're not doing anything to boost production here. And, again, when, you know, you look at, uh, you know, Biden bagging, uh, you know, Venezuela to produce oil, and they, you know, they're a, a socialist country, uh, you know, very repressive, and we're asking them to, to sell us their oil, and uh, it's, it's crazy when we have it right here, and we have the natural gas right here. There it is. I was Congressman Bob Ladder from the 5th Congressional District. We always appreciate his time. As usual, we went way too long in that interview. There was about another 15 minutes or so on that with a lot of great content. We will upload that as an additional podcast for those that want to listen, which you can find our podcast at The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier on any of your favorite podcasting sites. That'll be up on the uh, podcast shortly after the episode today. So we appreciate his time very much. When we come back, we'll wrap up the show, wrap up the week for you today. We got some fun conversations to be had still. Lots more to get to you right here on The Voice of Reason for a Friday. Stay right here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Always a pleasure to have you along for the ride, especially for a Friday today. Thanks for hanging out with us here, trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that five-pound bag, trying to rebrand the millennial generation one radio listener at a time. Always a pleasure to have Congressman Bob Latta on the program, a great personal friend. I've known him for years and years. For those that may be relatively new to the program, 
and uh, maybe started listening through the radio or maybe you found us on the podcast or you found us on online streaming. First off, welcome. The hell took you so long to get here, but we always love it when you do join us. And if you are relatively new, Congressman Bob Latta, I've known him really since college. For those that don't know much about me, I went to college in Ohio, Bowling Green State University. I was the brown and orange uh, Falcons is what we were, which really that's that's little light bulb just clicked on there, too. I've always had a fascination with birds. Never knew I had the Falcons. But, yeah, we were the BGSU Falcons uh, for those in Bowling Green and the Toledo area up in that northwest corner of the state of Ohio. That's really where I grew up as a kid. Went to college there for two years before I went into radio and broadcasting. Really got my radio start there as well when I wasn't even majoring in communications. They opened up the Internet radio station there for those that just wanted to do radio. And I had listened to enough talk radio. I said, ah, heck, I could do that. And they put me on from 2 to 4 in the morning. But while I was doing that, I was also chairman of the College Republicans at the time and was getting involved in politics, trying to figure out what I wanted to do in politics. I I was just thinking about that actually a few days ago. My uh, advisor, college advisor, probably hated my guts because I barely showed up to any of my classes. And when I did show up with him to do a review on what I was doing in college, he asked me, he's like, what do you want to do with this degree? And I remember very clearly, I was like, "I I don't know. I don't know what I want to do with this degree. I have no clue what this offers, what this opens the door for, which should have been a sign for me to say, hey, stop spending so much damn money on college with a degree that's not going to get you anywhere. Majoring in political science. The hell am I going to do with uh, political science until I realized that unless I wanted to become a teacher and teach government or politics, or I go on to go become a lawyer and go to law school, that political science was not the most useful degree that I could have gone into, which needs to be the awareness, I think, for many college kids or even high school kids going into college. Before you spend all that money and get massive amounts of student loans and you beg the government for the student loan forgiveness and just pay it for you, you should ask yourself, what am I going to do with this degree? Because I literally went in thinking, this was my mindset as the young, dumb kid that I was, was that I don't know. I'll get the degree and figure it out as I go, and something will come up. I will be so awesome at this degree that people will be banging down my door, begging me to come and work for them and run for office right off the gate. Obviously, that didn't happen. So after two years, I went into broadcasting, went to a broadcasting school for radio and TV. But while I was at college, while I was on the radio there at the Internet radio station for the station or for the uh, university, and while I was the chairman of the college Republicans, I worked closely with Congressman Bob Latta, who was congressman at that time. And the duty of college Republicans, if you don't know, is to really help out with local candidates. And we did that as we were in his district and helped out knocking on doors and doing the phone banks and talking to constituents and trying to get people to get out the vote. And we worked very closely with him and we helped his campaign a lot. And I will be the first to admit that the very first year that I went to college, I was not campaigning for him. I actually campaigned for his primary opponent. Uh, His name was Steve Buer at the time and I ended up unintentionally ruining ruining that guy's campaign uh, in the final weeks of the election. And uh, that made the headlines for the Toledo Blade, the big newspaper in the Toledo area, uh, for what we did for that one. So that's another story for another time because I don't have enough time to go into that story. But he's been a good friend for a long time after we got through all that. Ended up meeting him, became good friends with him. I've worked with him along for his campaigns, and then we've had him on the radio for the years that we've been on the radio, and it's been great to chat with him each and every time to get an update from Washington, D.C. Obviously, there's a lot of stuff going on, and while we are trying to get into holiday mode, we still need to keep an ear out for what's going on in D.C. with the continuing resolution, with the omnibus packages, and with the other things that are wrapping up with the Democrats panicky, trying to ram through with whatever they can in these final days before they lose control of the House to a degree. 
they're trying to finish up their prosecution of Donald Trump with the January 6th committee, along with other things. As you've heard, they're trying to uh, propose as many bills as they possibly can. They are in overdrive before Christmas, which means we also need to be on overdrive to stop them and be aware of what the hell they're doing before it gets out of hand. Because once they know, even though it's unpopular, once they leave, if it's implemented, it's not going anywhere. Government won't repeal it because government's not smart enough to repeal their own power and don't want to repeal their own power. So they know if they can get it through now, when they do take over again, whether it's two years, four years, or six years down the road and they get a majority again, they're at a great starting point to continue their agenda because Republicans, they won't stop it. They won't reverse it. They won't do anything about it. And that's a bit of a frustrating point for us on the home front. Going into that, try to enjoy the weekend. Enjoy it. Back at it again on Monday, getting ready for your holiday. This is the voice of reason. Be your own voice of reason. Be that catalyst for change in your own community. It's time for you to speak up, speak out, speak loud, speak proud, speak the truth, and always speak some reason. This is the voice of reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. Have a great weekend. We'll see you on the radio.